Dios. Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters. Minute by Minute, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to welcome you to Minute number 71. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Up bright and early, ready to uh, take on another minute. Another minute of Ghostbusters. And I know. Every minute we do is closer to the end. Closer to the end, but. With every end is a new beginning. Hey, you ready to get into minute number 71? Let's do it. All right. So in the previous minute, we saw the ending of the second big montage in New York featuring the ghost infestation. As the scene ended, we saw the Ghostbusters taking a close look at blueprints of the metalwork of 55 Central Park West. At minute number 71, Ray has just explained his findings on the metallurgical aspects of 55 Central Park West. The other inmates have crowded around the Ghostbusters and are listening in. Vankman turns to them and asks, Is everyone getting this so far? At 7106, Vankman leans in and says, So what? I guess they don't make them like they used to? Ray slaps him upside the head and says, No, they never made them like this. And adds that the architect was either a certified genius or an authentic wacko. Vankman asks Ray to pretend for a moment that he doesn't have a degree in metallurgy or physics and just tell him what the hell is going on. Ray shakes his head and says, you never studied. At 7132, we cut back to a wide shot of the cell where the Ghostbusters are standing around the blueprints. Ray explains that 55 Central Park West was designed as a massive superconducting antenna that was built with the express purpose of pulling in and focusing supernatural energies. Ray then goes on to tell Vankman that his girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. Vankman stands up and walks away from the blueprints and says, She's not my girlfriend. He goes on to add that he finds her interesting because she's a client and because she sleeps above her covers. Four feet above her covers. She barks, she drools, she claws. Egon cuts him off and tells him, that's not her, it's the building. And thus ends minute number 71. So, there's a lot of long pauses in this minute. Yeah. Not a whole lot going on, but we're getting to the big info dump that Egon does here in minute number 72 about Evo Shandor and the history of the building. But, again, we're seeing, as Egon said there at the very end of the minute, that it's not Dana Barrett Who's the problem here? It's mm-hmm. the building. It's much like the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. The building is the, is the haunted thing. Which is very important to let the audience know if they're thinking that Dana is the, or is going to be the villain in the movie. I think this is the, the filmmaker saying like, don't worry, she's not. Yeah. There's whole something else. Uh, the building is like, as of right now, before Gozer comes in, the uh, antagonist. It's not Dana. So that's important. But um. One thing that I always notice in the scene is Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray are about to crack up, and Dan Aykroyd yeah. can barely keep it in. It's yeah. so funny. But um, it seems like this shoot in the jail was kind of a tumultuous shoot. Have you heard about the stories that went on with it? Uh, no, go ahead. Well, so apparently this jail was supposed to be haunted, uh, and Ray, oh, excuse me, Ray, <laughs> talking about his real name, hmm. Dan Aykroyd said that he got a weird feeling the whole time they were shooting there that, uh, you know, it's just, it kind of spooked him out and creeped him out or whatever and said, oh, you know, I hope nothing, you know, happens while we're shooting here. Well, the shoot goes normal, but there's a, a, some, some, it's kind of a, a rough day. Uh, Ivan Reitman fired an extra on set who was giving him lip, and then they get home, and they take a look at the footage, and it's all scratched up, and they can't figure out what happened. All the film inside of the casing is scratched up, and I think one of the reasons that you get footage of them looking like they're cracking up is because this scene was made up of the best takes they had possible because Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd did not want to go back to this location to shoot again. No kidding. Yeah. So everything you see here is just the only salvageable footage that they had. Well, it'd be funny if they tried to go back and shoot there again because nobody knows where this was shot. 
there is conflicting information all across the board where this location actually was. Some what? people put it above Little Italy. Some people put it in Chinatown. Some people say it was an active jail. Some people said the jail was actually shut down. Nobody knows where this was shot. This is the like the situation of you go to a house one night and you're at an awesome party and then you see like... MC Hammer there or something like that and then you go to tell somebody like I was at this party and you know uh, the Webster was there and someone turns to you and says well that building burned down 10 years yeah, ago yeah. Yeah. Well, tell, tell Marge Marge sent you but um so yeah so it's very strange nobody can figure out where exactly this was it's conflicting information from everybody who was on set there so uh, it's interesting yeah it is but I, I love all the stuff about the building being a giant superconductor mm-hmm. and that Evo Shandor built it for the express purpose of focusing spiritual energy. I think that the backstory on Ghostbusters that we get that we we really only get like slight views into is one of my favorite parts of the whole yeah, film. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like we were talking with uh, Crystal Beth a few weeks ago um, and how Ghostbusters gives you this back, this lore and right. uh, this mythology and it's just enough for you to go explore if you want and make your own little um, fan fiction with and, and yada, yada, yada. Granted, the movie is going, you know, we're going to be following the relationship between Dana and, right. and Peter. Or we're going to be... Uh, it's the human element that yeah, hooks you into. It's yeah, the most it, interesting thing. Yeah. Exactly. The starting of the business. Things right. like that. But there is so there's such a wealth of huge uh, backstory and yeah. mythology here that is um, so awesome. And it's just, it's prime opportunity for people like the... Uh, IDW comic guys to, to take and just explore and build mm-hmm. upon and yeah I think you know when Tolkien was writing Lord of the Rings he wrote you know first he wrote The Hobbit and then he was like oh I can build an actual universe about this and started building the whole mytho- the, yeah, mythology behind Middle Earth and you know the ordering of the planets and Melkor becoming a mountain and a Silmarillion and all that stuff and then he said okay well the most interesting story of this whole thing is what happens during the period of Lord of the Rings you know there's history that comes after that too with the Grey Havens and you know the mm-hmm. Third Age of Men and everything but that one particular story is just the thing we're going to focus on. People can talk about this other stuff that happened within their own history. I'm not really going to tell you about it, but it's so cool to get that glimpse into like a living, breathing world. Yeah. It's, I think in screenwriting, or in probably really in novel writing or world creation, they call it like an iceberg theory. So you have an iceberg, and usually you have just a little bit of the sticking out of the water of the iceberg. But underneath the water is this giant, massive, almost like continent-sized wealth of information and everything so the character you see in a movie or the story you see is that little tip of the iceberg but to be a writer to really believe that you have this world built you have to build that whole bottom of the iceberg so mm-hmm. dan Aykroyd did a fantastic job with that in ghostbusters and it's really it's some of my favorite stuff the whole evo shandor cult of gozer it's so weird there's nothing else like it out there no. it's like yeah, gozer's really kind of like she's like a it, well gozer's a, a sumerian god uh, who's in an inter- interdimensional being? It's these are ghosts, but some of them also seem to be like demons or beings from like another dimension. It's it's very weird. Yeah, something it's very all their own. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, Peter. Whenever they're telling him like, you know, uh, she's not the problem. You know, the um, the building is the problem, and your girlfriend lives on the corner penthouse of Spook Central, and they just start going on and on about this huge threat that's going to go down. And Peter's only input yeah. is. She's not my girlfriend. She's not my like, girlfriend. That's the only thing he took yeah. from that is yeah. that they call her his girlfriend. Well, they hit him where it counts, and that's in his yeah. ego. You know, he's <laughs> like, well, I, she's not my girlfriend. Yeah, it's not my fault. <laughs> I um, uh, went to see a re-release of Ghostbusters, which they have like once a year, and uh, this was a few years ago, and a bunch of people were there in costume, and it was one guy. I mean, he had his whole suit with the um, PKE meter and everything was going. Did around, anybody like, dress up like Larry from the jail? Uh, nobody did. That would be cool. Um, but they, uh, this guy was going around to all the people like in the audience with his PKE meter and like, it was, it was really funny. But, um, this girl walks in with, uh, Dana's outfit on the gown or whatever that she's wearing. And somebody said something like, uh, 
oh, that girl looks like she's a huge Ghostbusters fan and all this. And the guy was like, no, she looks like the kind of girl who sleeps four feet above her covers. And everyone was like, oh, oh, oh. You know? it was funny. Oh, man. It was funny. But um, nerds. <laughs> yeah, you got to love them. Yeah, you got to love them. You do. All right, we got anything else for Minute Number 71? Uh, That is it for me. All right, same here. Folks, join us again tomorrow for Minute Number 72, where we're going to get a little bit further into the mythology. We're going to delve into the backstory of Evo Shandor and uh, got some kind of cool notes on uh, why Dana Barrett's apartment itself might have uh, a special meaning. That's right. Tomorrow's going to be really interesting. Yeah. All right, folks, so join us back here again tomorrow for Minute Number 72. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. We're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.